Hey everybody, what's up YouTube? What's up Facebook? Um, I'm back for another episode of Out of Line. Uh, my name is Nick. Um, I'm here. Uh, I'm going to be, today's a special holiday episode. Um, so I'm going to try to invite a bunch of people on. And other than that, there's nothing really that holiday-ish about it other than that it's bowl season. I'm just going to make it a special holiday episode on uh, Christmas Eve Eve. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously a bunch of bowl games going on. We're going to get into all that. Um, it's freezing cold. I, I, it's freezing cold in the, um, in the, uh, independence bowl down South. It's like 22 degrees. I didn't even know it could get that cold down there. Um, uh, yes, it's Festivus. I should have, I mean, that's the most important holiday of all is, uh, Festivus, um, t is today. Um, so, you know, we're going to get into all of it. Um, obviously some talk a little bit about the coaching stuff, the, um, the armed forces bowl, uh, Baylor lost that game to air force. Air force had an oddly good year this year, actually. Um, maybe get a little bit into the early playoff odds, even though we did a little bit of that last week. Um, some transfer portal news. Um, so we have a whole, we're going to grade coaches a little bit. And of course, another edition of unnecessary wagers, so, uh, all right, let's get into the show. Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. All right, everybody. Um, what's up? So, you know, last night was the very big armed forces bowl. Um, Army beat Baylor by 15 points, literally from running the ball 67 times and only completing four passes. I didn't know that was even possible. Um, everybody knows the military teams. All they ever do is run the ball. Um, I guess Baylor was just unprepared. Uh, I don't know how anybody saw that coming, uh, you know, that Air Force is going to run the ball a bunch of times. Baylor is such a weird team because they started off really bad. Then they got kind of good and they almost beat TCU. And then at some point they just get bad again and they lose these games. Like, I don't know what's going on with them. Blake Shapin played a really terrible game. And I don't know, just I didn't watch much of it um, because I was at the Jet game. Um, but I do want to bring in my first guest because I'm not just going to leave him waiting here like some asshole. Um, what's up, Hank? This is your debut on Out of Line. It's not well, only your debut on Out of Line, it's probably your debut on any college football show. 
Yeah, true, because obviously I don't watch nearly as much college football as you do. I mean, let's put it this way. Me watching college football is essentially you watching uh, the NHL, I would say. Not quite that bad, because I you at least know the rules. Right, because I, I do mean, watch a good amount of it. 90% of what I know about the rules of hockey from working at NBC and watching the games for work. That's like the vast majority of what I know. <laughs> And uh, how about my Rangers getting a nice comeback win over your Islanders? Yes, I know, I know. The <laughs> Rangers and Islanders. This is a fandom jury uh, reunification. That show hasn't been on in almost five years now. Can you believe uh, it? Yeah, no, it's like nice to kind of sort of revive that show. Brings back a little bit of memories from the good old days at uh, Sacred Heart U. So let me ask you a question. Have you of watched course. any of the bowl games? The bowl games, no. I need to take a look at Ed. None to, of quote, to quote a certain coach who I'm going to respectfully say was the guy between Tom Coughlin and uh, Pat Shermer, I got to look at the tapes. <laughs> so none of the bowl – I mean, first of all, most of the bowl games haven't been that good. They, they haven't been like, you know, the main thing so far. It's mostly the New Year's Six Bowl. So New Year's Eve – uh, December 30th, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day, for the most part, is where the best bowl games are. Those I would imagine I will probably watch, and I'm definitely going to watch the college football playoffs once so, that gets that gets right. But I do have a question to ask you, and mm-hmm. this isn't really doesn't necessarily have anything to do with being a college football fan or not. Well, it, it does a little bit, but it's not about right. college football per se. Sure. What uh, is the what's a better time of the year? Like, what is the best time of year for sports? Is it bowl season? Is it December, or is it March? Because to me, I think everybody says it's March. For March Madness. But I like bowl season from like New Year's time around, not so much now, but like around December 30th or December 29th and up. I think that's the best time of the year for sports. Yeah, I, you know, I tend to lean towards uh, March because the reason I say March and this is probably going to be a little biased, or at least that's where I'm going to come across. All of our opinions are biased. It's okay. But here's the thing. Once you start March Madness, like, you have so many games on, like, during the day, like, right as it starts. Like, even though, like, I never really followed the regular season of college basketball, because, I mean, let's be real. Like, you and I both know how. (laughs) You and I both know how meaningless, like, a lot of the regular season games are. Once the, the playoffs start, You'd watch a lot of the games. And I remember like when I was in high school, that was probably the first time I ever like filled out a bracket because I didn't really think about it like when I was in middle school. But like when I was in high school, like during class, I would like sneak the game on my phone and like just check out what's happening. And I'd be like, oh, is so-and-so helping my bracket? Or those games like had so many like high stakes, like even as early as like say the, uh, you know, the round of 64. So and, the, and a lot of them had exciting finishes and like there were so many upsets like man it's it's so crazy and then once that ends like that's when you start to get to the playoffs of the major sports because you're in April you have the national championship and then of course being a big baseball fan you know I that's when in baseball days. and playoff hockey yes sir you know it and as I and you know as I always like to say hockey playoffs like when your team is in it you take no joy out of it because like, it's so like intense, entertaining. Like you never know what's going to happen, especially if a game goes into overtime, but that's just me going off on a little tangent because like, yes, I said, 
I told you to expect a uh, Rangers tangent in there somewhere. Yes, of course. You're like the only person. I think you're legitimately the only person to ever bring up the Rangers on this show. So that's the first. That's the first for you. Um, Did you watch any of the Las Vegas Bowl? The Las Vegas Bowl? No, I did not. I did not see any of that. I watched a little bit. You weren't missing much, so don't worry about that. Um, Florida yeah. lost to Oregon State 30 to 3. Um, or I, I I mean I said this at the time, Oregon State was gonna blow them out. I was right about this. And it was pretty obvious because Florida's entire team either entered the transfer port, transfer portal or, or opted out, including Anthony Richardson. Uh their quarterback, they had their third string quarterback playing, so it they basically had no shot anyway. Um, but Oregon State, I just want to talk about them. They had an amazing year. I don't know if you've been following it, but they were not on anybody's radar because they're usually never any good. But this year, they ended up being the 14 seed, uh, the 14 ranked number 14 in the season. Hmm. They almost beat USC and they beat Oregon in the Civil oh, that's War. huge. So, and by the way, they hardly even pass. But, like, they, they hardly threw the ball. They hardly even passed uh, when they played against Oregon. I mean, the, the Florida game had to have been very easy for them. I felt bad for Florida, to be honest, uh, because they actually didn't have such a bad year. Everybody wants to trash them and everything. I don't know. They went from being a really horrible team last year to being an okay team this year. That's not the worst trajectory in the world. In college football, it's not like in the NFL where if you're average, you're stuck being average, and then you don't get a good draft pick. In college football, the further your team goes up, the better. It can only help you. So, I guess everything seems to be on the. It seems to be going good for Florida. Yeah, it seems like they're on the uh, path to getting better. I think. I think Garth, Michael, Patrick, our buddy who hosts uh, Pucking Around, would probably he know still better. I'm on the show. He's. <laughs> I. But yeah, no, I think he would offer a good amount of 10, 10 cents because he knows much more about that program than I do. But yes, obviously, that essentially sounds about right. Um, so I do want to. So actually, I do this perfect, uh, perfect um, transition uh, in the transfer portal. Graham Mertz. Do you know who that is? Graham Mertz. Nah. OK, he's um, he was Wisconsin's quarterback. Not very good. Want to let you know, not very good. He also mm-hmm. just didn't have good teams around him, to be fair, but not very good. He ended up transfer. He transferred to Florida, and I'm kind of surprised that this happened. Um, I didn't see. I thought maybe he would go to another Big Ten school or a smaller school. People were talking about Kansas. People were saying maybe Illinois. Um, I mean, none of us really know for sure. It's very hard to even make betting odds for this. Like, if nobody really knows what they're thinking, um, I'm surprised that. Florida wanted to do this. They don't run a system that Graham Mertz really fits in very well. Um, I thought they would go for more of a running quarterback. Like I thought maybe they would rather, or not even forget running quarterback, like just a better quarterback. I thought maybe they would go for somebody like Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma state um, who who also entered the transfer portal. I'm actually surprised this happened. Um, Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I think, It'll be interesting to see how he does with uh, the uh, Florida Gators. I Wisconsin's not one of not one of the stronger programs now. No, they are. Um, I, well, this year they weren't. I wouldn't say. I mean, in the past they've been a really good program. I mean, no, they've had they good were, teams in years past. I remember like when that. we were in college, they were very good. Actually, they they never made the playoffs, but they were actually very good. 
But this year they were really bad. Um, by actually, they really weren't that bad. Even like they were six and six. They made a bowl game, so they could have been a lot worse. Um, but uh, but yeah, overall they're not known for being a very good program. They're also in a very weak division. So they and they fired I mean, their coach if too. They in a better division, they'd be even worse. They fired their coach too. Did they not? What's his name? They Paul did Curtis. in the middle of the season. I thought it was a bad move um, because overall he was a pretty good coach. Um, and I think that a lot of these Big Ten West teams, they have to be careful what they wish for. They fire their coaches, they bring in the next guy, and then the next guy, and then each next guy they bring in is worse. So <laughs> maybe fire, firing the coach is not always the right move. Um, and I thought it was a bad move. Um, I Can you thought- imagine if um, – let me ask you this, and sorry if I'm going on a little tangent. Can you imagine if uh, – Michigan fans got their wish, like say two to three years ago, when it was more like, like five calling, years ago, when they were calling for Jim Harbaugh to get fired. I'm and yeah. even at the time, I thought that was stupid because here was my thinking: like he's probably and you're the best fan, kind of. Well, yes, casually. Like the same I thought, way I'm an Islander fan. You could also say the same way I'm a Knicks fan, but in right. any event, like when he when people were calling for him to get canned even i kind of thought that was stupid because having looked at their history he was probably the best coach they had in like quite well, some time because i remember they had the disaster of rich rodriguez and brady hope the less said about him the better and and he pretty much helped to make them a better program and i'm like and i'm all i'm thinking is who's going to beat ohio state who are you going to get that's better than jim harbaugh i mean he's done a better job all things considered he just couldn't beat ohio state but guess what look what's happened a few years I'm later really now we're talking about that up Huh? I'm really glad you brought that up because at the time I I agreed with you, but that actually wasn't the popular opinion. The popular opinion was um, Jim Harbaugh is overrated. Not even not, not even necessarily that Jim Harbaugh should be fired, but more like Harbaugh is overrated. Um, and the problem with fandom is that, and I'm not saying I'm not guilty of this to some degree, but I think that fandom makes sports fans legitimately dumber i really think that i think that if you follow the same sport the exact same way otherwise but you weren't blinded by fandom i think it's especially true with college football i think you're just smarter i think that i am a smarter college football fan because i went to a small school and i really don't care who wins outside of betting but i make the betting predictions beforehand (laughs) like so I at least I'm not saying I'm right all the time, but I think I'm smarter than if than than I would be if I had been a fan of a team, especially a really good team, where like you're just your wants you, you might think with your heart a little more than your head, um, and I think that being a fan of a team makes you lose perspective. Um, they wanted more. They also should have remembered and had some – when I say they, I mean Michigan fans. They also should have had a little bit more perspective and remembered that before Harbaugh, the team was couldn't even make bowl games. Like I said, Brady Hope, <laughs> Rich Rodriguez, those guys were disasters. Like overnight, they became relevant under Harbaugh. Not anybody can do that. Very few coaches have the ability – to ever just turn a program around to the extent that he did. And just because they're not beating a bunch of other good teams doesn't make him a bad coach. You have to look at what it was before. Like it, like it all, like it just doesn't in any other context, the hate of Harbaugh 
doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm not saying he's Nick Saban, but nobody is saying that. <laughs> like, nobody's saying he's Urban Meyer. Um, what's up, gentlemen? Henry, please do myself and Noah a favor tonight and tell Nick D how great of a college football quarterback Drake May is. I think that, like, okay, okay. So Drake May, what makes – because I said he shouldn't have been the Heisman, uh, one of the three Heisman people, whatever. Okay, like, first of all, the Heisman is the most overrated award in sports. I know that because Mike Francesa has a vote. Why does he have a vote? He's a talk show host. <laughs> like, Dan Lebertard's father has a vote. You might as well give me a vote, all right? Like, they're a little bit too much with the votes. With uh, uh, with the Heisman, there's way too many, there's way too many people are voting. There is no, there's something like 900 people who vote on the Heisman. There is no way that 900 people are qualified to vote for the Heisman. That's just absurd. Um, it's like the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like there's too many people voting. It's too much. So, um, but I mean, like at this point, I just don't care about Drake May that much. Um, but you know, Hey, he's a very good quarterback. He's great. I am not taking that away from him. I'm surprised he didn't transfer, um, to a better school, uh, because most quarterbacks in this position probably would have done that. Um, Nick D I'm actually glad you said that. Yeah, exactly. Um, because they don't have to, um, and, and I think you know, think it's the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's a similar. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Can I bring piggyback off your point about the Baseball yes, Hall of Fame? Sure. There are plenty of people who probably don't know baseball, but yet they'll see the stories about Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. They say, oh, that guy shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He's a cheater. But yet. Well, to be fair, it's not that I don't think they know baseball. I think everybody voting and voting mm -hmm. in baseball and in college football. I think all of them know the sport. I don't think they're right. necessarily novices. But they also don't follow – they don't – not all of them necessarily follow it closely enough. And the truth is how many people, especially in college football, how many people could possibly follow college football enough to the point where they're qualified to have a Heisman vote? Like, like hardly anybody – first of all, zero people can really watch every player. Zero people can. Um, so I don't know. It, it's just uh, – it's – it's a similar thing with baseball because some of them haven't even watched, uh, haven't even watched uh, a, a game because they also, don't have. Also, another thing about it. baseball Hall of Fame voters is they'll look at numbers like and milestones, and a lot of players will get will be getting denied because they the vault the voters would rather multiply by tens and like say, oh, he's got two thousand or he's got three thousand hits, we should probably put him in, or he's got two thousand five hundred plus hits or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think numbers, I think in college football, it's a little different. It has more to do with groupthink. Um, I think Pac-12 players often get the short end of the stick. Like, for instance, Tim Raines is in the Hall of Famer a lot sooner. But if people looked at, like, his hit total, looked past his hit total and saw that he was a really good player that got on base, like, he would have been in the Hall of Fame much sooner. Right. It's a similar type of thing. I, I mean, with the Heisman, it's just, like, most of the time, you kind of know who's going to win before it happens. And if you play on the East, if you play east of the Mississippi, if you play in the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, you have much more of an opportunity. You have you get favorable treatment over, say, Pac-12 players. Um, because on the West Coast, not everybody watches, and most of the people voting probably haven't watched much of the uh, much going on on the West Coast. Um, so keep in mind, he's born and raised right there in the area of UNC. So he grew up a huge Tar Heels fan. It's a dream school. That probably has a lot to do with it. 
um, why he wouldn't right if he's in his dream school then he's not going to want to transfer um, most player if he wasn't at his dream school he'd probably transfer to a bigger program um, so I don't know um, the, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about coaches I'd say the one now you do know about Deion Sanders right oh prime time of course they're, they're killing it in the transfer portal right now and Deion Sanders doesn't even have to try that hard because he's literally Deion Sanders. A bunch of players just want to play for him because his name is Deion Sanders. By the way, let me uh, get to Noah's comment here. Hey, Hank, the range. Yeah, yeah, I know who that one L, L was against. But uh, hey, how about um, how, how did that 3-1 lead go? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Travis oh, Hunter, Colorado seemed like it was inevitable. I mean, obviously. I, I mean, the thing is, like I said, Deion Sanders doesn't even have to try that hard. It's just that his name is Deion Sanders. And I'm not saying he hasn't tried. I'm not saying he, he has. I'm just saying he doesn't have to. Like, just his name alone, his name and likeness alone is enough to attract a bunch of recruits, uh, which is obviously a huge advantage. Like I said before in the past two episodes, I'm sort of surprised he even wanted to be a college football coach. Because he started off in Jackson State. Uh, I mean, I can't, I mean, he's a celebrity. He was on TV. It's very uncommon to go from being a famous, recognizable person to the, like, the bottom of the barrel in college football. I mean, he was living, he was coaching Jackson, like a very small school, not even an FBS school. It, it just doesn't seem, it's not something that a lot of so, so-called celebrities end up doing. Yeah, sure. Dion's killing it for sure, and I think he'll recruit at a high level, especially for Colorado Sanders. However, Nick Saban's number one class. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if well, I mean, you can't compare him to Nick Saban. I don't think he'll be able to be that good. Um, I don't. Think, I don't. I don't think he'll be able to be that good because, um, uh, because it just geographically, it's going to be tough in Colorado to actually, to actually like. Uh, get enough recruits compared to say teams in say Southern California or Texas. Actually, Nick, let me ask you this: Can he even be better than uh, Kirby Smart? Because Kirby Smart's a really good recruiter too, and I think Noah can vouch for me on that. No, probably. I, I mean, he's recruiting kids from Georgia in the Southeast. I mean, that's just a huge advantage in and of itself. Um, I mean, the thing is, he's probably just going to use this as a stepping stone, make the program a little better, and then move on to a better job. That's probably what he's going to do, just like he did with Jackson State. I mean, this is not difficult to see. Yeah, no, that definitely uh, makes sense. Uh, let me get to know. Yes, no, I, I, I know, I know. I understand that you win. You have the cup argument won there, but um, all I can say is, you know, I just had to give you a little bit of shit for the well, Penguins. I mean, look, I'll take eight, eight of nine any day of the week. It just sucks that our that one loss had to come against you guys. Um. So I, I also want to talk about um. What was I going to say? Oh, the um, the coach, um, the other coaches. Um, the one guy I say gets an F this year is um, I, I, an F. I don't know, whatever. A D. Uh, Mel Tucker. Isn't that the guy who used to coach the Jaguars, or am I making that up? I don't know. I don't think he coached the Jaguars. I could be wrong about that. I might just not remember. He's the coach of Michigan State. He he had a horrible year, um, and. He is just like Kirby, uh, just like um, uh, Kirby Smart, uh, Jimbo Fisher, very different. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher did even worse than Mel Tucker. I agree. 
Um, but I already ripped into Jimbo Fisher last week. I don't really, really need to do it again. And uh, Jimbo Fisher, I mean, the reason he did worse was because they were they had like the top recruiting class and couldn't win games. Um, and Jimbo Fisher, uh, it, it, I mean, both of them are owed an insane amount of money if they were to get fired. Mel Tucker is also owed it's like something like $86 million if they were to fire him. Something like around that range, which is what Jimbo Fisher would have been owed. Um, I think from what I read somewhere, there was a little bit of an employment requirement. Like he has to meaningfully search for employment. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but from what I something I read that it did say that, um, which is weird because he has to reason. It said that it has, he has to reasonably look for employment in order to get his buyout money. But like if you're guaranteed eighty six million dollars, what is reasonable? Like, what is a reasonable effort to look for uh, to look for employment mean? If I was guaranteed $86 million, I would never genuinely try to get a job. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny to me. Um, but yeah, he, 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 neither of those teams, Michigan State or Texas A&M, have any leverage against those coaches, which is what makes it so pathetic. The Texas A&M thing, the thing is, I don't blame the coaches. I blame the teams for being so stupid. Um, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You can go anytime you want, Hank. That's cool. Yeah, Nick. Thanks again for having me on. I got to run, but always. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So this is the holiday show. Anybody can come on. And uh, hey, happy holidays to you, my guy. Yeah. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Whatever you celebrate. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. So I agree completely. Jimbo Fisher did worse. Um. But they're both in similar situations. Is my general point. Um. That neither of those schools have any leverage against them, and uh, like, there's almost nothing that. Like there's really nothing they can do at this point. I mean, Texas A&M, there's nothing they can do except hope he might get better. Uh, and I, and uh, so we'll see. Um, over overall, also I do want to talk a little bit about um, Billy Ep Billy Epler, uh, Billy Napier. That's the GM of the event. Billy Napier. I actually don't think he did such a bad job. I mean, everybody wants to criticize him, but you know what? They were Florida was so bad last year. I mean, he made them considerably better. So I don't even understand how you could hate on him too much. Um, he, I mean, Anthony Richardson, uh, but do you hate Billy Napier? You like Billy Napier? Why am I getting you fired up? Um, if um, the thing is, he was, Florida was vastly better this year than they were last year with Dan Mullen as the head coach. So at the very least, it's a step up. At, right. At the very least, it's a step up for Florida. Um uh, so I, I can't really get too mad at him. It's not, it, it, I don't know. Like I said before, you have to have some perspective. If your team is getting better than they were last year, it's too, like, how do you say that they were, that a coach was that bad? Um, like they, I mean, the record doesn't tell the full story. First of all, last year, I mean, in that last bowl game, the entire team left, um, their highest average player rating since 2010. Right. So they could be getting vastly better. Um, and really, that's all you can ask for from a coach. I mean, you can't expect them to turn a terrible team from last year um, and then turn them into a really good team. Um, so I do want to get into some uh, picks. Hold on a second. Uh, hold on. Just going to get into some picks. All right. So there's a few big bowl games going on. Napier stinks. You're wrong about that. Um, maybe he'll turn out to stink, but at this point saying that is absurd. 
Okay, maybe he stinks compared to Kirby Smart if you're a Georgia guy. Um, um, so I do want to get into some of the picks. I'm going to bring my dad on to talk about the picks, picks for a little bit. Hello, dad. Hi, Nick. Oh, so um, we're going to do some some of these gambling picks. I know you gamble like I do a little bit. Um, so so. I do I do want to do a little bit of the, uh, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. Okay. Can you guess – did you see that? Can you guess the spread? Uh, I would bet it's uh, probably within the touchdown either way. I, I, would, I would think Wisconsin's favorite by five or six, something like that. Is okay, that- they're favored by three and a half. You're oh. close. Close. And the over-under is 43 and a half. I'm actually surprised Wisconsin was favored this game um, because they have a freshman quarterback starting because, as we all know, Graham Mertz entered a transfer portal. Right. Um, wait, hold on a second. Okay, I like this. <laughs> very, very attached to Billy Napier, Garth is. Okay, so he entered the transfer portal. They have – both teams have a bunch of players that aren't playing – um, hold on a second. There's a website that I'm on for this. Um, so Oklahoma state is losing five, both teams are losing five players, including their starting quarterbacks. Um, uh, Oklahoma state's quarterback, um, Oklahoma state's quarterback has at least some experience. Um, he played against West Virginia. Uh, so he has a little bit of experience. Um, uh, but, but Wisconsin's, Wisconsin's uh, quarterback that they're starting, their uh, their uh, who's a freshman hasn't played since like September, and completed like four passes. I'm kind of surprised. Miles Burkett is uh, is his name, um, and he's he's hardly ever played. I'm actually kind of surprised Wisconsin is favored, especially when the over under is like forty three and a half. It's going to be a low scoring game. I don't see this. I like it. It seems a little weird to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's very hard to handicap these games where so many starters aren't playing, especially when the quarterbacks aren't playing. You have no idea how they're going to react to these games. <clears throat> Obviously, Wisconsin's defense is is very good. So Oklahoma State's not bad either. Uh, so I could see this being a boring game. Typically, in in bowl games, I like taking the the underdog and the over if I'm kind of not sure. Uh, only because these games tend to go tend to be a little high scoring. The, these mid level bowl games, um, and uh, in general, these mid level bowl games are hard to select because, like you said, so many players sit out. You have no idea how these other players are going to react, even if they're if they're good enough to uh, compete. So, uh, but in this game, um, I, I, I believe it. I like Oklahoma State because, like you said, Oklahoma State's quarterback has got some experience. Wisconsin's got a good defense, but I can see this game, and the fact that it's three and a half points, I can see this game being like a 20 to 17 game, very close to the best uh, low scoring game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I like Oklahoma and uh, Wisconsin. I mean, and, uh, and Wisconsin in the under. Um, Oklahoma, get when, um, when Garrett Rangel's been playing, they've been, uh, Oklahoma State's been going, I mean, he only played, he only played in two games, but both of those games were unders uh, against, uh, uh, both those games were unders against West Virginia and uh, one other, uh, another one a little before that. Uh, and and uh, Nick Mertz is a perfect fit for Florida. Mediocre quarterback for a mediocre team. <laughs> my philosophy on the Big Ten: most of the teams in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, Iowa, 
uh, Minnesota, um, Northwestern. Uh, usually they are low scoring games. Um, if you if you bet the under on most of those teams this year, you you're ahead. Uh, but sometimes the over unders are so low, like in the Army Navy game, that it's like. You, you don't even want to watch because if anything good ever happens, it's like yeah. you lose. Look, and it's, you, you're never out of the woods. You're always taking a risk with the with those low unders because so you need a quick turnover or you know, a pick six, anything like that could really change it. But you're betting that the way they, they, these games are played so close to the vest that they don't throw much, they run the ball a lot. So you would think that unless you know anything strange happens, it'll, it'll stay as a low-scoring game. Yeah, so um, Kansas versus Arkansas, uh, minus three. Neither of these teams are losing a lot of players. Uh, Kansas, it, yeah, Arkansas is actually, actually, no, 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 that's not true. Arkansas is losing a bunch of players. Uh, Kansas is only losing two. But I don't know, I'm not sure how much this would affect Arkansas. Um, a bunch of defensive players that I haven't heard of. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if they're starters or not. Uh, Kansas is losing two players. Uh, neither of them, I don't, I think are really that relevant. Uh, I, I could be wrong about that. Um, I, I know Arkansas is losing a bunch, a lot more players. One of them, their, their, uh, backup quarterback. Um, and so in this. Kansas is, is uh, underdog by three. There. Kansas is underdog by three points. The over under is very high. 68 and a half. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that, that's not surprising. The, the, those two teams I could see scoring a lot of points, um, basically a three-point spread it's you just pick the winner you should win uh i I got a feeling kansas is going to win that game uh only because because uh like i said arkansas is missing play arkansas is missing players i like teams coming playing up a notch in in conference you know kansas coming from the the big 12 playing a sec team right uh i i i have that sneaky suspicion and again i lean toward underdogs and these mid-level games so i think kansas i like kansas and believe it or not i i do like the over in that game i think uh they got to go back and forth and especially with so many defensive players missing from arkansas yeah i don't um i don't know if i'm gonna take this game i hate it i hate it um i don't trust kansas because it haven't been great for me every time i have confidence in kansas and whenever i look at the spread with kansas i say you know they're better than this like they always end up not covering so I, I need to just take that. Um, like, even if it looks like Kansas should be able to win this, I, I just don't know. Um, and Arkansas has been so up and down this year. Um, the only thing I will take is the under, because I feel like this is not going to go over. Um, yeah. Arkansas runs the ball a lot. Um, so I, I, Ar- I have a feeling this is going to be an under game. Uh, 68 and a half is very high for a game like this. If this was Kansas from two months ago, I'd pick them. But one in six in their last seven is a tough bet. I agree. Kansas hasn't been very good lately. Um, I mean, two from two months ago. Yeah, I guess yeah, two months ago at this point. But uh, so I mean, that Kansas team was ranked. Um, uh, coin flip game. I'll take Arkansas. Yeah, I I, I understand that. Um, UNC versus Oregon. Uh, neither of these. Both these teams are missing a whole bunch of players. Um, but. Their quarterback, I mean, North Carolina is missing a whole bunch of players. Josh Downs, Storm Duck isn't playing. Um, and Oregon's missing uh, uh, Oregon's missing a whole bunch of players, too. Seven McGee isn't playing, uh, one of their best wide receivers. So both teams are missing a bunch of players, but both their quarterbacks are still, are still playing. Um, 
I really do like the spread here is Oregon wins, but I think minus 14 and a half against UNC is insulting. <laughs> the thing is, this is why I like Oregon this game. I, this, here's why I'm taking Oregon. And I like, and, and I do like the over too. I like Oregon in the over. And the reason is because they're begging you to take UNC, it seems like. Yeah. Minus 14 and a half. This feels like a trap game. I, 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 on this side, I go with North Carolina. I think that their quarterback has gotten better. I think his name is May. Is that his Drake name? May. Drake May. May, right? Uh, I, I watched a few of their games this year, and, and uh, he seemed to be getting better as they went along. And when you have a freshman, as they get to that bowl game, now he's really not a freshman anymore, and he's improved all season. Um, and, again, I, I love taking underdogs in these, in these games, uh, especially getting 14 and a half. Um, and, and a lot of things with, with these mid-level bowl games is you have to figure out who has more incentive to play harder, you know. And usually it's the underdog because they want to compete. They want to, you know, it's the favorite maybe comes to the game and they say, well, we're playing a lower level team. They don't get up for the game as much as an underdog does uh, in, in these games. So I lean toward North Carolina and I lean toward over also in this game because I think they're going to go back and forth uh, scoring points. They will keep it closer than that. Oregon has given up 34 points in two of their last three. The thing is, I, I agree with that. That's why the over under is so high. Um, I, it, but the thing is, the fact that the over-under is so high is why I kind of think Oregon's going to cover. Because when it's a lot easier to cover really big spreads when the over when yeah when when the when the uh, if it's higher scoring and it's like the game could still be very close and Oregon still covers. Yeah, like it might look like it's 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 a it's not a close game, but it might actually be a lot closer than it looks. That's true, but uh, again, for, if, an extra half a point is big too because now they got to beat you by more than two touchdowns. So, uh, and, and the fact that North Carolina can score, you know, you could see a game, you know, maybe a backdoor cover, you know. But, but the reverse, but, but the opposite side of it, uh, which and it's true that Oregon's been giving up a lot of points. UNC also gives up a lot of points. I mean, Oregon, if Oregon scores 50 points against them, I wouldn't be shocked. Well, that's why if you take the over, you're kind of covering yourself a little bit on the head side. So if you take Carolina and the over, I, I don't see this game Oregon winning with, and, and staying under. Put it that way. No, I don't see them. Co- you mean you don't see them covering and staying under? Right. I don't see them covering and play and, and staying under. So, uh, you know, you, you think that you're kind of hedging a little bit, and maybe you get lucky and win both. Right. Right. Um. So I do want to get into this one: Texas Tech versus Ole Miss minus three and a half. Uh, in the uh, in the Texas Bowl, um, Ole Miss is losing more players, uh, although. Uh, I mean, Texas Tech's only losing two, both on defense. I'm not sure. I, I've never heard of either of them, so I don't know how uh, relevant they are. Um, I was, I, over, overall, I, though, overall, though, I like – I would say I like Ole Miss to cover. Line three on, Texas Tech isn't that good. It's three and a half? What's the line on this game? It's three and a half, and the over-under is 70. <laughs> well – that is crazy high for Ole Miss. Yeah, but I, you know what? I, I, I think sometimes about trap and they're begging you to take under there. I think it's a high-scoring game. Texas Tech scores a lot of points. And, and they also give up a lot of points. Right, and that's exactly right. And then with, with, with teams, you want teams when, – when you're playing over, you want teams that go no huddle a lot, and Mississippi goes no huddle a lot. So you can see them scoring a lot of points. Texas Tech, I, I think they can get up for this game. And um, 
and play with them. So, again, I would take the underdog and the over in this game, Texas Tech and over. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the over part because it seems too it, it just seems too good to be true. I agree with the over, but I'm going to take Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is a much better team than Texas Tech. Um, don't forget they were they were ranked 11 not too long ago. So it's um, Tech is one dimensional offensively, and Ole Miss is more talented. Yeah, that I, too. I, Ole Miss will definitely be more motivated. This is, seems very this seems like a very lopsided bowl game when it comes to like how good each team has been. Um, it, that, it's. That's true. I just see Texas Tech being more motivated to, to uh, for this game. But so, I think Ole Miss might be more motivated than Texas Tech. Okay. Okay. Although Texas Tech does it does play pretty good against good teams sometimes. There is some of that. But I, overall, I mean, three and a half is not a big spread. It's still very small. Right. No, no. You I think Ole Miss winning by about a touchdown. Look, anything could happen. It goes to overtime. You know, you could you, know, you could be a close game that goes to overtime. You can lose easily. So, um. Oklahoma, here's an interesting one. Oklahoma versus Florida, minus nine and a half. Over under is 66. Um, weird trajectory for Oklahoma because everybody kept talking about how they suck earlier in the year. Um, and now they're playing Florida State, who is now back to being relevant again uh, after five years of oblivion, basically. And they're favored by nine and a half. I think this also feels a little bit like a trap game. It, it, it's a lot of points, um, and uh, Oklahoma, when they played poorly earlier in the season, they lost their quarterback, and I really thought they had – it was a big drop down. I think they played a lot better toward the end of the season. So I, I can see them saying, uh, okay, uh, you know, let's let's finish off strong here. Florida State's played well all season, I, I give you that. Um, but I do think it would be a close game. I don't think uh, – I, I don't see them winning by more than uh, – I don't see Florida by nine and a half. Well, I wouldn't say they played well all season. I mean, they, 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 they beat LSU and then they were kind of bad for a little bit. And then they got good again at towards the end of the year, they were sort of up and down. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with Florida state. Like I said, I think this feels a little bit like a trap game and I'm going to go with the over. Okay. I feel I, So Florida state in the over, I mean, Florida state's been impressive this season. Um, and in terms of, like I said before, in terms of who they're, uh, in terms of who they're missing, Oklahoma is also, uh, Florida State is only missing one quarterback, uh, one quarterback, one player, uh, a defensive back. Um, Oklahoma is losing one of their best running backs. Eric Gray opted out. Um, they, they lost a bunch of other players too. Um, the defense, uh, the defensive lineman, Jalen Redmond. So just even just losing one of their better running backs, I think makes me convinced that uh, it makes me be more, a little more confident in Florida State. Right. The line too. Yeah. Um, so Syracuse, I'm sure it did. Syracuse versus Minnesota minus 10 over under 42. This feels a little weird uh, that, that Syracuse, that Minnesota is giving 10 in such a low, in such a low scoring game with such a low over under. And it's not like either of these teams are losing a bunch of players. Between the two of them, they're both losing a total of three players. I can't imagine that's going to affect this game that much in, in terms of like transfer portal. And uh, well, yeah, that's it. Just a train. Obviously, nobody, nobody from either of these teams is opting out. Um, this, a 10 point spread for a game that, I mean, first of all, there's no way Minnesota covers and the game goes under. Well, well, that's, there, there's your answer right there. You know, not a lot of these games, it's so hard to pick because you don't know how these, how the teams are going to, who's motivated, who's not, who's, who's, uh, what what players are sitting out and how, what 
what their backups, who they are, and, and can they do the job? So your your uh, your your statement there that Minnesota and Yonder, you can't see that happening. So I would take Syracuse in the over. Um, you know, if you get to if Syracuse scores scores uh, seventeen points, you can't you can't lose, right? Yeah, yeah. Twenty over, you're already over. So and then you hopefully get lucky. A lot of these games. Again, because they're so hard, I, 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 they're hard to pick. And uh, it's not like the regular season where you get a flow, who's playing next week, who played the week before. These games kind of sit on an island, and it's kind of hard to determine who's really going to be up for the game. So uh, if you take you, – you're hoping to say, okay, I, I think I'll, I'll get a split out of this, and if I'm lucky, I'll win both. So that's yeah. how you – yeah, so, so uh, you know, it's funny. Syracuse, once again, playing at Yankee Stadium. The funny thing about these teams is that they're one of the few teams who playing at Yankee Stadium is a step up in terms of the weather. Like, it's warmer. <laughs> How many teams can say that? It's warmer if they play at Yankee Stadium. Syracuse plays in a dome. But that's the other thing, too. A little bit you have to worry I know, about. but they, they play – well, not so much Syracuse because they play in a dome, although they do play some other teams pretty far up north, too. But before you go ahead and take the over, you just got to make sure that there's no weather issues at Yankee Stadium, you know, uh, for that game. Right, right. Um, so, in terms of this game, I like I like uh, Syracuse, to, uh, Syracuse and the under – um, I don't think Minnesota is that much better than anybody. It's weird that they're favored. It's weird that they're favored by so much um, uh, because, I mean, Syracuse, they were ranked at one point. They were supposed to be one of the best teams in the ACC. Um, th- this one I find interesting. Sorry. This one I find interesting. Washington versus Texas minus four and a half. It's weird to me that Texas is giving up so much considering they're losing so many players. Um, like half the t- I mean, Washington's losing one player. Um Texas, they're losing like eleven players. Yeah, Texas, um, yeah. including Bijan Robinson, their running back. Um, Quinn Ewers is all over the place. Um, I, I can't, even though they've been good, the they've been good later in the season. Washington is very good. They have a very good offense. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Washington in the over. I don't trust Texas at all. Right. I, I agree. Washington, when you're missing so many players and Washington, like you said, is a good team. They, they had a good season uh, player. Uh, you can see them being motivated for this game. I'm not sure about the total. What is the total? The total is 67 and a half. I, yeah, I don't like the with, with Texas missing Robinson and a lot of and some of their offensive players. I don't like the old. Uh, I'll either lay off, not, not play it at all or just take Washington. Um, to 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 cover. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, I, I Michael Penix had a very good year. Uh, Washington's defense. The only reason I say this is because Washington's defense isn't great. Um, they tend to give up a lot of points. Um, I I could. I mean, I just don't trust Texas in general because every time I believe in them, yeah, they I, end up letting me down. Yeah, I, I wasn't high in them all season, but uh, the fact that they're missing so many players, Robinson by far was their best player, and the fact yeah. that they're playing. Um, I, I wouldn't touch them in that game. I, I would, I would lean to Washington. All right. So Maryland, NC State over under. Uh, it, it's an, it, this game's actually even. Um, the over under is uh, 47, uh, 40, uh, yeah, 47. Um, Maryland is 
Miss, I mean, uh, NC State is effectively full, um, full at full capacity because as they were last week before, because the only player they're missing is Devin Leary because of the injury. Um, but other than that, they're not missing any other players. Um, Maryland's missing four players, uh, to uh, all, all, uh, all opt outs, um, three of them wide receivers. So this is all. Uh, in one of them, a defensive back. So this is obviously going to affect Maryland a lot. Um, I don't think NC State is that good of a team, but because of all of these uh, players missing, I'm going to have to go with NC State. Yeah, I agree on this one, NC State. I, Maryland, ne- I, I was never high on Maryland. I like their quarterback, but he seems very fragile. Uh, and uh, and the fact that he's missing a lot of his receivers, uh, I, I, I don't like them in this situation. NC State... Uh, missing a player, you're not giving him any points. I, I would take NC State in this game. Yeah, I, I mean, like they're basically in the same. Yeah, I know he transferred to Kentucky, but even if he did, like the point is that he wasn't. He was injured before, so he wasn't playing for them. Right. Um. Uh. If uh, yeah, uh, to Kentucky, Devin Leary to Kentucky makes a lot of sense because they lost Will. I don't think I even talked about it before, but they because Will Levis is going to the draft. Uh, NC State. It just makes sense that they would uh, that it, that Kentucky it would just makes sense that Kentucky would want another star quarterback like Devin Leary. I think he's actually from New Jersey, Devin Leary. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, Pitt versus UCLA. UCLA is giving four and a half. Um, Pitt, uh, neither t- UCLA is losing zero players. Pitt, uh, Keaton, Slo- Keaton Slovis isn't playing. Uh, he's opting out. Uh, I'm sorry, not opting out. Transfer. He's, he's entering the transfer portal. The two other players from Pitt that are, uh, that aren't playing or opt out. So it's pretty safe to say that if they're opt outs, it's uh, going to yeah. affect them a lot more rather than just the transfer portal. Um, UCLA is giving four and a half. The over under is 54. Um, I really like UCLA. Um, UCLA had a really good year. They just didn't end well. Um, they should be a much better team. Although don't sleep on pit too much because they did almost beat Tennessee with their backup. So you never know. Oh. Um I, I like Pitt all season, but again, the the opt outs bother me in this game, and I'm surprised the line's only four and a half. I thought UCLA, because of those opt outs, would be favored by a lot more. Uh, I and I do like over in this game. UCLA scores a lot of points. Yeah. Pitt chair, but I think UCLA uh, in a like 35 20 game, something like no, that. I agree. I also like I also like the over and in UCLA. The thing is. UCLA could put up 54 points by themselves. They're, they're, and, and they run a fast offense, uh, no huddle a lot. And uh, and I, I usually like Pitt, but the fact that they're missing so many players, I, I, I stay off them this game. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the, the, there's going to be a lot of offense. Um, uh, South Carolina, this is the last game. Uh, South Carolina versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame is giving two. Uh, no. They are Notre Dame is obviously losing a bunch of uh, both teams are actually losing a bunch of players. Uh, a weird sort of trajectory for both teams this season. Notre Dame went from being a joke to being a little bit more of a spoiler potential in a sense. Like they were a story, basically. They went from like losing to Marshall to like beating Clemson and then uh, playing against USC, potentially maybe uh, uh, ending things for them. So a weird trajectory for them. Um, South Carolina coming in on a high. 
Um, Tom is obviously a big Notre Dame fan and loves South Carolina. Um, I can't tell if he's trying to jinx it or not because that's what I like to do. Um, uh, Notre Dame, um, considering all the players Notre Dame is losing, I'm just going to – and two of them are – one of them obviously drew Pine and the other two are opt-outs. Right. I'm going to have to – I really do like South Carolina. They're a good team. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with South Carolina here. I like South Carolina, too, uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, <clears throat> when teams get a chance to play Notre Dame that usually don't get a chance to play them, somebody like South Carolina never gets a chance to play Notre Dame. Um, again, goes back to my point about motivation. Uh, I can really see them being motivated to, to beat Notre Dame in this game, and it doesn't matter if they're missing players. And South Carolina is this funny team. They always seem to get up against a really tough opponent. Right. Like they beat Tennessee. Yeah. And they, Tennessee was one of the hottest teams in the country at that point. I mean, they were just outside the top five. Yeah. And and I know Hendon Hooker got hurt, but he got hurt late in the fourth quarter. They were already killing him before he even got hurt. They seem to play down against their weaker teams. Yeah. But they seem to get up. So I do like South Carolina in this game. Uh, yeah. Uh, getting to. So. Yeah. So um, I For do want to get in. What's that? Total is weird because again, you know, quarterback. They don't have their quarterback. Uh, so I wouldn't touch the total. The over under, I wouldn't touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is my. Un- I, I do want to get into another edition of unnecessary wagers. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a segment where I do, and sometimes me and my someone's also my guest, depending on who I have on, also does a wager that is rather un- unnecessary to say the least. Um, so here is mine for this week. Um, Oklahoma State plus three and a half, the uh, and the under forty three and a half, which I, I took in both. Uh, Oregon money line, Ole Miss money line, uh, the over in the Washington Texas game, uh, uh, Maryland minus one and a half. I'm kind of hedging on that. Um, uh, I, I think I took this yesterday, so Maryland was minus one and a half at the time, uh, and UCLA money line. Okay. Uh, do you want me to pick an unnecessary wager? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Even though, except I actually made this, so you, you yours could be just imaginary. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, what, what, there are some games tomorrow afternoon, aren't there? Some really uh, uh, some lower level teams playing tomorrow. No, I think there might be one, but on Christmas Eve, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bowl games on Christmas. There are some, but like on Christmas Eve, at the very most, it's like Hawaii playing or something like that. There's a couple of low-level games like East Carolina against, uh, I think it's Monday or Tuesday, East, East Carolina is playing. Yeah, yeah, there's one game tomorrow night, one bowl game. It's um, it's um, Middle Tennessee State at, uh, at versus San Diego State. Okay. And San Diego State's favorite? Uh, yeah, by seven points. Yeah, so I'll take Middle Tennessee State in my theme of underdogs in these useless little bowl games. I don't know who plays for Middle, Middle Tennessee State. I don't know who plays for San Diego State. But I'll I, don't, I don't think anybody really does. <laughs> even, even the people who go to those schools probably I'll, don't. <laughs> I'll take Middle Tennessee State plus seven. All right. That, that's, pretty, that, that's good enough. That, that's unnecessary enough uh, for me. Um, uh, so 
thank you for thank you for watching everybody this is uh, i just want to wish everybody merry christmas happy holidays happy hanukkah whatever it is that you celebrate um uh, uh hopefully you stay warm uh, i know in the independence bowl it's 22 degrees and in the south god forbid it gets that cold it's people <laughs> it's like a national emergency down there probably uh in louisiana for the independence bowl and it's almost as cold there as it is in yankee stadium so Anyway, enjoy the games, everybody. You've made bets. Good luck on your bets. Um, and I'll be back next week. Okay. Thanks, everybody.